Welcome to 43% and Rising, a podcast about women in marketing. We sit down with some of the industry's most game-changing women, hearing about their experiences rising to the top, as well as their views on how the marketing industry can evolve. I'm your host, Beatrice Alabaster, and this podcast is brought to you by Ernest. Today, I'm joined by Maya Price, Marketing Director for UK and Ireland at SAP. Maya started her career in events before setting her sights on corporate marketing, joining SAP in 2003. Since then, her 19-year-long career at SAP has taken her from South Africa to the UK. She now leads a team of 26 people and sits on SAP's senior leadership team. We'll be talking about navigating what it means to be a leader changing perceptions about the importance of marketing and staying true to yourself in high-pressure environments. Hi, Maya. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you. Yeah, I'm really excited to do this. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Really, really thrilled. Um, so just to kick things off, I wondered if you wanted to just talk about for our listeners, um, talk, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into marketing and how you got to the job that you're in today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, who I am, my name is Maya Price, and I'm currently the marketing director for SAP UK and Ireland. Um, I've been with SAP for almost 19 years. And as you can probably hear from my accent, I'm from South Africa originally. Well, actually, I'm from Israel originally. I was born in Israel, but I moved to South Africa when I was eight years old. So I consider myself quite South African, Um, grew up in South Africa, went to school in in South Africa, and um, I then studied, I did some PR and marketing after school and joined an events company where I became an events manager, did quite a a lot of event work there, really loved it got married, decided to open up my own events company, went out on my own, had a child, decided to sell my events company and become a stay-at-home mom. After two years, went really crazy listening to Teletubbies and decided I need to speak to normal people again. And that's when I thought, well, you know what? I've worked for a small business. I've had my own business. I'd love to give corporate a try. And um, what I did was I actually, in South Africa, they had a, a Deloitte top 100 companies to work for that came out every year. So I looked at that and I picked the top 20 companies and I sent them my CV. And as it happens, SAP in Africa was looking for an events manager. I interviewed and two days later they called me and said, ah, headcount freeze, can you start tomorrow? Um, so I had one interview outfit and that was it. So I spent the afternoon running around shopping for work clothes uh, because all I had was mommy clothes. And then the next day I started with SAP and that was in 2003. I haven't looked back since. I've done various roles, all in marketing, events, uh, cloud marketing, SME, channel partners, industry, uh, 
And then I had a fantastic opportunity for myself and my daughter in 2015 to move to the UK with SAP. Really lucky to be working for such a fantastic company that does global mobility and things like that. And I joined as HR marketing very quickly. Um, the team was kind of, they were doing through a, going through a restructuring and I very quickly realized that I really enjoyed the management side of people and I had a real passion for people uh, as, along with marketing. So I took on a campaign leader role and managed a team within the marketing team. And then around two and a half years ago, I took over as the marketing director and that's where I am today. In a nutshell. <laughs> Congrats. Sounds like your uh, CV sending in paid off. <laughs> Absolutely. I would recommend just doing it to anyone and, and not just waiting for something to happen. It was the best thing I could have ever done. <laughs> and how have you found, I mean, that's a really impressive tenure to be with one company for so long. How have you found that the ability to, you know, really get to know a company inside out and kind of grow, grow with them? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I think that's the thing is that I learned most about myself is that everybody is so much opportunity out there in marketing. There is opportunities to be an entrepreneur and own your own company. There's the opportunity to really own project and work for an agency. And then there's opportunities to work for big companies. And you almost have to do a little bit of everything to figure out what you enjoy. Because when I owned my own company, I worked with different brands and I ran events for them, but I do, I only realized once I started working for a corporate that I almost was like an outsider looking in and I was taking care of somebody else and then stepping away. And that's fine for some people. They enjoyed that. They like stepping away and moving on to the next project. But for me, a company is also a family and, and I want to get to know people on a deeper level and being able to work for a, for, for a company and do it internally. It really allowed me to, it almost like I remember my very first event, I stood back and somebody, one of the salespeople there said to me, Oh, come sit with us, have a drink, come chat. Whereas normally I would say, no, 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 you know, I'm just here to make sure everything's going well. But this time I had the opportunity to go, you know what? I am part of this team. I may have organized this, but I'm still part of this team. I have the opportunity to actually get to know the people for whom I've organized this for. So, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed knowing that I wasn't doing something and then stepping away from it. I was really getting to know the nuances of how everyone worked, what they enjoyed, who they were as people. And I actually think it made me at the time a better events manager because I really got to know everyone on a deeper level. And, and it's just who I am. I've realized I am a corporate animal. <laughs> I enjoy big companies. I enjoy, I'm lucky that the company I'm with has an entrepreneurial spirit, which means we still have a lot of autonomy to try and test things. But I have the support of a lot of the red tape too, of course. I'm not discounting that at all, but I also have the support of a big company, which I really enjoy. Absolutely. It sounds so satisfying to get really invested. And as you say, get to know people on such a deeper level and feel really part of a team. Um, and you're now, of course, you're, you're leading a team of your own. How's, how's that been? It's, it's fantastic. It's challenging, of course, um, as any job would be. But I honestly can say that 
I wake up each morning looking forward to, I may not look forward to a specific meeting or a project that I have to do or a slide presentation that I need to do, but I'm always looking forward to engaging with everybody. Leading a team, what I found is, of course, there is a lot of satisfaction with producing something yourself, but there is also such satisfaction with working with other people and watching them succeed and really being there to help them, guide them to their full potential, help them see what they enjoy, help them explore different options. And that's what I really, really love about my team. And such a diverse team, There's, it's always you know, people enjoy different things and trying to figure out, do you enjoy the analytic side of things? Do you enjoy the creative side of things? And there's so many different ways to go. So going through that journey with the team is something that really gives me a lot of joy and satisfaction. Absolutely. That's really lovely to hear. Um, and am I right in thinking that your team is quite, there are quite a lot of women on your team is quite female dominated. There are, we're a team of 26 and we have uh, three males on the team currently. <laughs> oh, it's really lovely. Um, and so kind of unusual, I suppose, in so many industries to get the opportunity to work in such a female dominated team. How have you found that? So I think if we're very realistic, uh, marketing has always been female orientated and, and, and quite female heavy. And I think sometimes for the wrong reason, sometimes because marketing has been perceived as an easy job and kind of one that you don't necessarily have to have so many skills for. And I think that's definitely changed over time. I think traditionally, though, we do still find a lot more females coming in where my challenge is, is to make sure that it doesn't stop with my team, but that 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 the team gets recognition outside of just the marketing in the UK, that they get exposure to other teams within the UK, that they get exposure to regional and global marketing teams to make sure that the opportunities continue to grow and they don't just end with my team. Absolutely. It is, um, as you say, it's one thing getting the people in the door, but it's quite another making sure that everyone's having that opportunity to be taken seriously and have the career that they want to and deserve to have. For sure. As you say, marketing is, you know, it's a great industry, but it can be a challenging industry. It's intangible. There is an attitude that anyone can do marketing and everyone knows about marketing. Also, as you say, it's a female dominated industry. Do you think that's a coincidence? I think it, pro I don't think it's a coincidence. I think where the biggest change is coming in. And if you look historically, and if you look at five, 10 years ago, it's, it was a very qualitative type of environment, especially everything was in person. Everything was all about creating experiences, creating events, things that were traditionally seen as female-led. So if somebody is going to do hospitality, it's going to be, you know, the female who's going to welcome everybody and, and be really pleasant and give you your name badge and make sure that everything's okay. Um, because traditionally, it's almost like traditionally 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, you still had women 
doing the kind of hospitality type roles. Where marketing has really changed now is that it's so data driven. Sure. And there's so much analytics and so much to be studied around it and so much that is fact rather and, and, and it's it's quantitative as opposed to just what they used to call fluffy stuff. We don't do anything without looking at data and, and things. I spend probably 80% of my time in front of a screen looking at data before I make any decisions. And then the other 20% becomes the creative, becomes everything else. So it's it's given us a much louder voice in the industry as marketeers in terms of the fact that we now have the right experience, the data experience, the analytical experience, not just the traditional hospitality type of experience. Of course. I assume the rising role of digital must have had quite a big impact there as well, the kind of data emphasis. Absolutely, for sure. I think it it has, it was coming. It's been a long time coming. I think obviously the situation for the last two years has accelerated it hugely because I would say three, four years ago, we would sit in a meeting and we would suggest the data and we would say we have to go digital and this is where our customers are and this is where people are going. They're going digitally online and we would get a lot of pushback And then, of course, everybody was sitting at home and there was no option. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, the things marketing have been saying for the last two years, maybe we should actually consider them. So that that has really helped to accelerate digital and, 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 and has helped to make our voices more heard because of that. And when you, you know, you mentioned a couple of people having experiences of people being quite, um, brushing you off in a sense you know you ladies go and get on with it or let's just ignore marketing how do you how do you approach that how do you deal with that because obviously you know one of the things that gets talked about a lot is that as women particularly women in leadership roles and powerful women there is a pressure to still be like the nice one and not kind of stand up for yourself and because we feel this pressure to do it is that something you've experienced how do you approach those difficult situations I think we've probably all experienced that. I think for me, if I'm very honest, it's a learning curve. I I'm, I know my strengths and weaknesses, and I know one of the areas that I'm constantly working on is I do avoid conflict. I, I'm not a naturally assertive person, so I do have to work on it. So I have found in the beginning you know, you would smile and you would let them get away with it and you would kind of go, okay, and in the inside you'd be seething. And I think it comes with confidence, it comes with experience, it comes with kind of like the first time it's really uncomfortable to say something, Uh, but you have to almost do it because a lot of the time people making comments, they're making it because that's how it's always been done because they've heard other people making it. They don't realize the impact that it has to the person that they're making it. I would try possibly not if it's a big, if it's a one-to-one, I would say something and I would say, you realize you saying that can make somebody really uncomfortable because it has this and this repercussion in a bigger group I probably won't say anything right there and then, and I may, you know, go to the person afterwards and speak to them because the last thing you want to do, you know, n- nobody is inherently 
I would hope mean and, and says things because they want to get a rise out of you or because they want to make you feel terrible. Um, they're saying it because they want to be funny, because they think it's the right thing to say. And, and you don't want to embarrass them by calling them out right there and then. But it is important to go back and say, you know, the point you made was very relevant. However, the way you said it kind of lost its relevant and no one, you know, we weren't even listening to you because all we were focusing was kind of the, the, the prejudice that came across. And, and if, if you strip that away, then we could have actually heard your point. So, so, you know, you've got to say it in a way that also you want to make sure that you still have a working relationship with them going forward. Absolutely. And that kind of, um, empathy or more, uh, gentle touch if you like I suppose you could say you know there is a pressure sometimes I think as women in leadership positions to almost act like a man and lead the way that a man would you know perhaps being more combative aggressive assertive maybe even adversarial but there is also a real strength right to dealing with things in a slightly different more empathetic way absolutely and I think you learn that again through just sitting in listening having experience you've got to do what works for you. If you're an assertive type of person, don't feel I can't be assertive because then I may come across as aggressive. There's a big difference between being aggressive and being assertive. If you're a softer kind of person, like I think I am, then, you know, work to your strengths. You can say something gently and softly and still be as impactful. You know, I think the biggest thing is, you have to come across as authentically yourself. And it's, it's when uh, sometimes women feel that their authentic self is not going to be recognized because maybe it is a little bit softer, that they put on a persona where they do try and, and be more assertive, but because they're not doing it naturally, it can come across as aggressive. Uh, so I think there's nothing wrong with being assertive. Being assertive is actually really, really important. But being assertive doesn't mean you have to insult anybody, that you have to belittle anybody. It just means that you really wholeheartedly feel that your point is important and you're putting it across. You still respectfully listen to other people, but your expectation is that they listen to you just as respectfully. Absolutely. And it is, you know, it's something... I feel like so many women are still negotiating at the moment. We want to stand up for ourselves. We want to succeed. We don't want to, you know, we want our voices to be heard, but it's finding that balance really, isn't it? Between being yourself, but also making sure that you're not kind of being drowned out by perhaps more confident, assertive voices with a different style in the room. Speaking of leadership, uh, you're on SAP's leadership team how different do you find that dynamic moving from marketing, which, you know, as we've discussed, is a much more female dominated space to a more traditionally male dominated space like leadership? Um, I would say there is it's it's definitely not female led. Yeah. <laughs> but we we do have quite a strong balance of male and female leadership. And, and it's. It's actually, we do a lot in terms of when it comes to diversity and inclusion, we really do a lot to ensure that everybody is heard. Um, we, we've had sessions where we have people coming in, whether it's HR, whether it's externals, talk about unconscious bias, 
talk about equality in the workplace. We take it very seriously. And we've never had a situation where somebody is talking about something that is a purpose-led initiative that's important to them and people have zoned out. Everybody is really interested in making sure that we have trust in the room and trust comes from equal respect. So we do quite a lot. Of, I, I consider myself very lucky to be in a leadership team that takes trust and respect very, very seriously when it comes to uh, male-female equality, when it comes to anything to do with diversity and inclusion. And it's, it's a really, I realize that that's not the situation in every company. So I do consider myself quite lucky. And, and, and it's, it's quite great to be able to, if I do f- see something or hear something that I do feel I have, I can be vulnerable and speak up and say something and I'm not going to be shot down or thought of, you know, in, in, in a lesser way. That's fantastic to hear. And presumably, you know, it's great to have a dynamic where there, there is that diversity and there are people who are happy to be, you know, vulnerable or, you know, more empathetic, as we've talked about before, but also people who will be a little bit more kind of gung-ho assertive at times and that kind of thing. It must be a very different dynamic to, I would assume, being, for example, in an all-female or mostly female environment. Um, I think it is. I think it's I, – I don't often think of myself I go in there as a female. I think of myself I go in there as a marketeer, and that probably has a bigger impact of how I see myself as opposed to how the rest of the, the leadership team sees me because marketing hasn't always had the best reputation, especially in a sales-led type of company. Um, it's sales that brings in the money. It's marketing that spends the money. Um, so I think from that point of view, I find I'm always having to have the courage to speak up and, and to make sure that my team is heard, that my team is rewarded, that they're recognized um, more from a marketing perspective than just the female perspective. The fact that most of them are female obviously adds to that equation. <laughs> Of course. No, that's um, that's really, really interesting to hear. And how have you kind of approached getting that voice time and getting kind of a more more of an emphasis on the importance of marketing? I think it's an ongoing thing because the reality is, one, you're never going to please everybody. And I think sometimes you have to make peace with that. I think you also have to make peace with the fact that not everyone, you know, it's are you going to be successful or are you going to be liked? It would be fantastic if you could do both. But the reality is they could like you as a person. They may not always agree and like the decisions that you've made, but they have to respect that you are the marketing expert and those are your decisions to be made. I think there is a lot that there is a lot of focus on individual relationships. And when I mean it, when I say individual relationships, I don't mean you know, creating that camaraderie, come, let's go out for a drink, let's get to know each other, but a respectful business relationship where I'm not just sitting in a room with a leadership team and speaking up for marketing and then walking away and expecting them all to understand and to know, because in their head, they're all looking at it from their particular point of view. And they're going, well, what she's just said, 
how does that affect my area? So it's really important to then take the time to get to know each of them individually and get them you know, to get to know me individually so that we can understand each other and, and have that relationship on a more one-to-one basis as, as opposed to just a team basis. And that's, that's, as a leader, that's something that you have to do on an ongoing basis, particularly in a high stress, high volume environment where, you know, people are very ambitious. In two years time, they may be going on to another job. And just as you've created a relationship and you've gotten somebody to understand what marketing does and why we're important and what we do, they've then moved on to another position and someone else is in their place and you're doing the whole thing all over again. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it's a job that's never finished really, is it? Kind of working on those professional relationships and that understanding about the value. And, 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 And if I look back to when I started this role and the first conversation or the first couple of conversations, I probably cringe at the things I said and, and think, oh my God, that sounded awful. Why did I say that? And it's all with practice. You know, it, it becomes the norm. You feel more comfortable. At first you kind of, um, I'm new to this job. There's a little bit of a fake it till you make it. I know I I'm, I'm obviously know what I'm doing. Otherwise they wouldn't have appointed me in this role, but I'm expected to now just jump in and, and do it and, it's once I've had five, six, seven, 10, 20, 30 conversations with my leadership peers, they become more comfortable as well. And, and I learn from each one of them as, you know, what will I say that will resonate with them? And what will I say that will have the biggest impact? And what shouldn't I waste time saying? And what should I, even though they think it's a waste of time, what's really important to me? And I'm going to carry on saying that. And it's just a constant learning loop the entire time. And it is, you know, it's so easy to be self-critical to kind of succumb to a kind of imposter syndrome, if you like. But building building that confidence, I think, sometimes can be <laughs> half the job in a sense and constantly working on that. I think so. And I think I remember an imposter syndrome is something that I think is a lot more prevalent or maybe we're just more aware of it in in women than it is in men. I remember reading the statistic a few years ago that a man will go for a job even though he's only 70% sure that he's actually right for it. And a woman will go for a job when she's like 99 or 100% sure that she's, she's right for it. And why do we do that? You know, nobody, if you're going for a job that you think you're 100% right for, then why are you going to that job? Because you're not going to learn anything. If you're 100% already knowing it, where's your challenge? You should go for a job that you only know 70% because then you've got at least another 30% of growth and and challenge and opportunity. You know, a, a job you're going for isn't just for the company. It's also for yourself to grow. And I think that's where we often fail ourselves as women is giving us the opportunity to go, it's okay not to know everything. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to, to go into a meeting. And if somebody turns around and says to you, what about this, this, and that it's okay to go. I don't know the answer, but let me go and find out the answer. You know, there's this, why do we go? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know the answer. Why are we apologizing for not knowing the answer? We should be saying, 
why are you assuming that I'm the right person to ask the question? Absolutely. You know, you know it, it's, it's just turn it around in your own head and give yourself a bit of confidence. <laughs> No, it's so true. It's so important to kind of um, to own that ambition in a way and not apologize if we don't, if we haven't lived every experience and have every answer, because I think, you know, that's, that's fine. That's human, right? It goes back to what you were talking about earlier about kind of allowing yourself to be vulnerable and to be authentic in yourself. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's so important. Um, I think we're running out of time, but I just wanted to finish by asking you um, if you could give one piece of advice to any women who are interested in, you know, entering marketing or taking on a leadership role, what, what would, what piece of advice would you give them? So I think a lot of people talk about being your authentic self, but if I'm very specific, I would say authenticity for me is the number one, because if you're not authentic, you're not going to enjoy the role that you're in. If you're constantly spending your energy trying to be somebody else, but I think it's all about embracing it and embracing what you perceive or what people have perceived could be your weaknesses. So if I look at my own experience, ever since I was a little girl, everybody has always said to me, you're super sensitive, you're really sensitive, you take things too personally, you know, oh, you're way too sensitive, you started work, oh, don't take that to heart, that's so sensitive. And I always thought, you know, whenever I did interviews, whenever I spoke to people, what is your weakness? Oh, I'm, I'm very sensitive. And actually, my sensitivity has now become my empathy. And I feel that if I wasn't the empathetic person and the sensitive person that I am today, I wouldn't be the leader that I am today. I wouldn't be able to relate to people as well as I do. And I think it it is one of my strengths as a leader is that that I am sensitive to other people and, and that gives them comfort and, and gives them the openness and the confidence and trust in me. So my biggest piece of advice is don't assume that somebody saying something is a weakness is an actual weakness. Really take a step back and say, is that a weakness or is that something that's actually a really unique strength of mine that I can use going forward. Absolutely. And I think that there are so many people who could kind of um, relate to that and really take, <laughs> take heart by that, that it is, you know, it is a strength and that's something that you can be really proud of. You know, it's, it's such an opportunity to change the perspective about what leadership really means. Um, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure Oh, thank you. The time has flown. I've really loved it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do we'll have to do a part two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> I'm up for it for sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you'd like to learn more about Maya and her career, you can find her on LinkedIn under Maya Price. And if you want to get in touch with us to comment or share your experiences or you're interested in coming on the show, then you can reach us on Twitter and LinkedIn at Ernest Agency. I've been your host, Beatrice Alabaster. Our producer is Susan Conacotu, And this podcast is brought to you by Ernest, the B2B marketing agency chasing out the humdrum in London and New York.